John chapter 4, starting at verse 13 and 14. We'll go to Matthew 18 right after that. John chapter 4, then Matthew 18. I spoke this morning to the preteen class, and I told them that they get a sneak peek because of what I was asked to speak to them this morning. I was already preaching up here. So they've already heard it once. So they're going to be my amen corner today. And um, I, I know that they were blessed this morning and in that class. And I believe that I believe we're raising up a generation that we're not going to, I'm just going to say this, we're not going to have to beg them to teach Bible studies. Amen. We're not going to have to because there's a hunger in them to reach the lost. And that's what they are learning how to do downstairs. And I'm so excited what God's going to do through them. John chapter 4. Verses 13 and 14 says, Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well. Somebody shout a well. Of water springing up into everlasting life. Everlasting Matthew 18, verses 11 and 12 says, For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. You ever have somebody ask you, why did Jesus come? What was his purpose? Take them right here to Matthew 18 and 11. For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. That's all of us. We were born into sin. We needed saved. It says, what do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does he not leave the 99 and go to the mountains to seek the one that is straying? For a few moments, I want to preach on this topic. There was a tree and there was a well. There was a tree and there was a well. My second title would have been this. He met me there. He met me there. Aren't you thankful that the Lord met you in your mess and he didn't just sit and wait back and say, you got to come to me, but I'm going to go and meet you where you're at. Anybody thankful? Anybody got a testimony that God met you where you were at? In the middle of your mess, in the middle of your failure, in the middle of your sin, Jesus showed up and changed your life forever. Amen. Put your hands together and magnify him this morning. Give God some praise before we get into his word. Amen. You may be seated. There was a tree and there was a well. Two places where two lives were changed forever. I want to preach for a few moments about a man, not just any man, but I want to preach about God robed in flesh. Jesus, the one who died for our sins. You can't go wrong when you preach Jesus. Brother T.F. Tinney, that is no longer with us, great apostle of this gospel, always said that if you forget your notes, preach Calvary, 
and preach Jesus, you can't go wrong. The one who came looking for you when you were lost in those sins. I'm thankful for a God who will leave the 99 to track me down and to show me the way back to the fold. To show me back to the place of safety. To show me back to a place of repentance and salvation. I'm thankful for a God that offers grace and mercy every day for me. Because I'm telling you, if we didn't have grace and mercy every day, we wouldn't have hope. We wouldn't have a reason to go on. But thank God we serve a God who's alive and well and that his grace and mercy is still offered unto us. John 10 and 10 says, The thief cometh not, but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. It's very clear what the enemy comes to do in our lives. He does not come to enrich us. He does not come to bless us. He does not come to make you better. But his only goal is to simply to steal from you, to kill you, and not just do that, but to completely destroy you. But Jesus said, but I am come that you might have life, not just have life, but you might have life more abundantly. This is the best life you're ever going to live. I promise you, you're not going to find anything out there that is in comparison to the gift of the Holy Ghost. You're not going to find any life out there. Give me a million dollars and I promise you, I'm not going to live the life that I'm living right now. You could strip everything from me and I still have everything because I have him. I heard it said yesterday. I heard it said yesterday. I believe it was uh, Bishop Kramer from Mount Vernon who was speaking, and he said that last year alone, there was 14 multi-billionaires that went bankrupt. Why? Because they're spending, trying to find hope, trying to find happiness, trying to find true love, and you'll never find it with what you can buy with money. But I'm telling you right now, is when you give your life to the Lord, when you go down in his name, when you come up out of that water and he fills you with the gift of the Holy Ghost, there is no comparison to this life that we're living. Do you realize how privileged we are this morning? We have a relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. There's two things that we all have in common this morning. We were all born in sin, and we were all lost in that sin until we had an encounter with Jesus. We all know someone who's been rejected. We all know someone who's been hurt, maybe by family or maybe community. We all know someone whose life probably didn't go the way that they had planned. Anybody in this place this morning, you could agree with that? Life didn't go how I had it mapped out, but God. I'm sure if most of us in this place this morning would be honest, we would say these words, I am that person you're talking about, Pastor. You see, throughout the Bible, you will find people that will remind you of yourself back before you had an encounter with Jesus back before you had a tree encounter or a well encounter with him. Or maybe today, who I'm I'm about to share with you could possibly be where you are today. But let me introduce you to two people this morning. I want to start in Luke chapter 19. If you want to turn there, if you've got your Bibles, you can. Luke chapter 19. I'm going to introduce you to a, I'll just say this and see if you can tell me who it is. He was a wee little man. Oh, wee little man was he. He climbed up in that 
Oh, somebody been to Sunday school. For the Lord he wanted to see. When the Savior came walking by, he what? He looked up in the tree. And he said, you come down, for I'm going to your house today. I heard one kid one day, he was, <laughs> I'm not going to mention names, but he was, it's from here. And I heard him singing, and he said, I'm going to your house for Mountain Dew. And I thought, yep, that's about right. That's about right. Luke 19, 1 through 10, Jesus comes to Zacchaeus' house. You see, then it says, Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. This time of the year, doesn't everybody love the tax collectors? Mm, hallelujah. Lord, help them. They need your grace and your mercy. It says, and he sought to see Jesus, who Jesus was. That one line I want you to catch. After they mention he's a tax collector, and he's rich because he's a tax collector, he's not a friend to a lot of people. I don't think anybody goes into your tax office, your tax guy, and says, oh, man, I have been waiting all year to see you. I've missed you so much. What are you taking from me this year? No. He was not a friend to many people. It says that he was rich. He was a tax collector. But then this one line, and he sought to see Jesus. He didn't seek out to rub shoulders with him. He was simply wanting to see who Jesus was. This one line tells me that even though he didn't have it all together, even though he wasn't liked, that there was a hunger inside of Zacchaeus that he said, I've got to see who this Jesus is. I want to have an encounter with him. It says that he wanted to see Jesus, but could not because of the crowd, and he was short of stature. Little man. So he ran ahead and he climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. For he was going to pass that way. He planned it out. He said, I see the path he's taken. If I go down the road a little bit, I can position myself to see Jesus. It matters. Hear me this morning. This is not my notes, but I feel to share this. It matters every day how you position yourself in the path of Jesus. What you position yourself in the path of is what you're going to encounter. If you position yourself into the path of the things of this world, you will encounter the things of this world. But if you wake up every morning with your mindset and say I'm hungry for the things of Jesus and you position yourself through prayer, through fasting, through his word, I promise you, you will have an encounter with Jesus every time. It matters where you position yourself. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he saw him. He said, Zacchaeus, make haste, come down, for today I must Stay at your house. I love the fact that, that the desire and hunger 
of Zacchaeus, he basically that one line tells us he was saying, I must see Jesus today. But on the flip side, the one who he just wanted to see from a distance said, I must spend time with you. Jesus' desire to spend time with Zacchaeus was just as much as Zacchaeus' desire to spend time with him. Do you understand that God longs to spend time with you every day? Every day. So it says that he made haste. He got excited. I'm not just seeing him, but he's asked me to come down. He's asked me to, to go to my house. And he came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained. Mm, Got to love complainers. Saying he has gone to be a, I could just, I mean, obviously, you know, when, you, when people text you, this is the bad thing about text. You can interpret that text however you want to. You can put an attitude in it. When they didn't even mean to have an attitude, they were saying something very nice. But you can twist it. So, I mean, you could take this. They could have said, oh, well, he has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. I don't think that's how it went. I could see a little attitude. I could just sense a, a, a little bit of jealousy, maybe. I could see a hand on a hip and say, well, he has gone to be a guest with a sinner. Can you believe him? The nerve. Anybody remember the... 90s sitcom, Full House, I think it was. The little girl. How rude. We're here to see him, and he goes with a sinner? Who does he think he is? Spending time with sinners. My goodness. Doesn't he know how righteous we are? Doesn't he know how good we are? We read the word. He's not spending time with us. Oh, because you were just worried about rubbing shoulders with him and looking good. Zacchaeus was actually hungry to have an encounter with him. That's the difference. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and, and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. He said, I'm making it right. I'm making it right. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham. Now look at that. When Jesus says this, he's saying salvation. Yeah, because when Jesus stepped in the door, salvation came to your house today, Zacchaeus. I am salvation. I am what you need. Salvation has come. He said, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save those who are lost. You see, the religious folks thought that Jesus was there for them. They assumed that they had his attention. The ones that thought that they, they had it all together. That, uh, but, but hear your pastor this morning when I tell you that Jesus wasn't looking for those who perfected the rituals. He wasn't looking for those who looked the part but had no holiness on the inside. You can have it all together on the outside, but you can be a wreck on the inside. 
I'd say like Jeff Arnold said, you can look the part, baby. I won't say what else he would say. We're, be, we're podcasting this. It better be good. But we can look the part. You can go through the actions. You could take me right now. You could take me to Yankee Stadium. You could put me in an in a Aaron Judge uniform. Put me up to bat. And I guarantee you, I am not going to do what Aaron Judge would do. I might look the part. But I don't have on the inside what he has on the inside. I haven't put forth the time and the effort that he's put into this. I haven't spent the time in practice. Haven't spent the time in the field studying. I haven't done any of that. So I can look the part. You can look the part, but I promise you, you can be dead on the inside. The ones that everyone else had discounted and a waste. He was seeking those that was hungry. Hungry individuals that didn't have it all together. He wasn't looking for those that mastered the traditions. But he was looking for those who were just hungry for what God had. He was looking for a failure, a loser, an outcast. A tax collector who was hungry enough for Jesus to refuse to get lost in the crowd. And miss out on an opportunity to have an encounter with the master. He was looking for the one who was hungry enough to go above and beyond the ordinary. Just to get a a glimpse of the savior. All those people would have given anything to have Jesus in their home. But it was the one who was hungry enough to get his attention. The Lord is longing to go home with somebody today in this place. Do you understand that? That it is not... It is not his desire that we come in here on a Sunday morning and that we just go through the motions and we go through the rituals and we raise our hands and clap our hands and make it sound just right and, and do everything we're supposed to do. And it just, with the, if the right beat, if the beat's right, then I might run the aisles. If the beat's right, if they do the right song, I might do something. You know, I, I, I might step out in the aisle. I might, I might do something. I'm going to put something in the, in the plate today. I'm going to go through the rituals. I'm going to go through those things, the traditions. That's not what he's looking for, but he's looking for someone this morning to get so hungry for him and the things of God that you say, I cannot leave it here. But what I get this morning, I gotta take it with me because I've gotta have an encounter tomorrow morning and Tuesday morning and Wednesday morning because that's the only thing that will change your life. You need an encounter with God daily. Take it with you today. Don't leave it on an altar. Don't leave it on an altar. It doesn't matter where you're at in life. Hear me this morning. I'm speaking to everybody because everybody in this room, from this side to this side, everyone in here is at a different place in life. Different situations that you're dealing with. Anybody dealing with a situation in life? Anybody have any troubles? We all have them. But I guarantee you that I guarantee you, Brother Barnhart, I, I bet your trouble, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that your trouble is probably going to be a little different than what trouble I'm dealing with. Your, your trouble might look different than what one of these teenagers is dealing with today. 
But the fact is that you're dealing with trouble. There, there, there's something that, that you're dealing with. That there is something that, that you're, you're, you're trying to figure out. It might look different, but understand that God came today. He has come to meet you right where you are. Are. He knows your trouble. I don't know all the troubles. I know some, but you don't know what your neighbor's dealing with. But guess what? God knows what your neighbor's dealing with, and God knows what you need today, Brother Barnhart. God knows what you need today, Brother Jack. God knows what you brought in here. And he said, I will meet you right where you are today, and I will be what you need today. That's the God we serve. The Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. I'm thankful for the Lord this morning. You see, there was a tree experience that changed the life of Zacchaeus. But there was also a woman whose life was changed at a well one day. This woman didn't have a great reputation. She was known for having a failed relationship after failed relationship. There wasn't a lot of hope placed in this woman. She was just a woman constantly looking for a man. It doesn't say this, but I'm guessing, and I'm pretty confident to say this, but I'm guessing along with all of her failed relationships, there was some hurt along the way. There was some pain along her journey. There was some disappointments on the road of life. Something happened in this woman's life that would drive her into the arms of a man over and over and over again. Something that had her seeking for love and attention. That, that some, some let, letdowns in her life, the, in the baggage of life that she was carrying that day. I could see her getting up thirsty and maybe watching as all the other women in town were making their way out to the well early in the morning in the cool of the day to draw water for their families. But because of some decisions that she had made, we make some bad decisions sometimes. That's where grace comes in. And maybe because of the cards that life had dealt her, she couldn't be among the other women. She couldn't go in the cool of the day with everyone else. She wasn't like everyone else. She didn't have the perfect little family, didn't have the perfect happy marriage that she watched and looked as other people had. She didn't have what the other ladies had. And from the outside, from the distance, she looked and longed for what they had. You're talking about a broken woman. You're talking about someone who's desperate for something to change. Something for different in her life. Something's got to give. I don't know who I'm talking to. This message might be for one person. I don't know. Maybe it's for one person in this room. And I'm telling you this morning, somebody can relate where this woman's at. She didn't know at the moment when she's preparing to go to the well that morning or that afternoon, but in the midst of her brokenness, right in the midst of her pain, right in the midst of her sadness, right in the midst of her failures, there was a well experience coming. 
There was an experience coming that was going to change her life forever. To her, it was just a typical day. She watched the women go, and they all came back in with the water. And here she is waiting until the heat of the day to go out to the well. The Bible tells us in John chapter 4, starting at verse 3, it says, He left Judea, he being Jesus, left Judea, departed again into Galilee. And it says, and he must needs go through Samaria. There's that word again, must. That means there is no other option. I must do this. I got to go through Samaria. And then cometh he to the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, set thus on the well. And it was about the sixth hour of the day. It was hot. And there cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. And Jesus said unto her, give me a drink. And it was about the sixth hour. This woman who comes down to the well, who was the social dysfunction of being unable to come down to the well with the other ladies. She comes down to the well because she's carrying water pots and she wants to draw water. So what you have here is an empty woman coming down to the well that she was to come to all of her life. But now there is a man sitting on the well waiting on her. And to think about this for a second, Jesus knew it, but she didn't know it. Here comes a woman carrying empty pots to collect water. And when Jesus sees her, he sees an empty vessel waiting to be filled. She doesn't realize how empty she is. But Jesus sees potential. He says, oh, I see something can happen here. I, I, I see what I can do with this woman. She has no idea. So, so we see here that she comes and she sees a man sitting on the well. And he starts this conversation by saying, give me to drink, knowing that her pots are empty when he asked the question. Knowing that her religious dogma would, would, would enlighten her from giving him water. I, I, I can't do this. I, I, I can't. Jesus, I, I can't do this. I can't give you water. And he, she looks at him. She's like, you want water from me? Why do you want water from me? First of all, she's thinking, I don't know who this man is. But he obviously doesn't know who I am because nobody in my city would even talk to me. I'm a mess. I'm a wreck. Well, what do you want anything to do with me? And knowing that even his own disciples would not approve of, of him asking this woman this question, seeing that she was a Samaritan woman, but his disciples, he had sent them off to go buy some lunch, basically, go buy some meat, leave me alone. Because he knew the judgmental thoughts and actions that would come from them. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, ask drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. And Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give 
me to drink. Thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Now, I don't know about you, but if you have no idea who this man is, and he's talking about giving you living water, I'd have some reservations about that. I think she's probably wondering, who in the world am I talking to? But the woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? She's asking the question. It's kind of a weird thing to say, but I'm curious. See how that conversation starts? She said, now I'm curious. So how, how do I even get this living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered and says, if you drink of the water in here, you will thirst again. But if you drink of the water in here, you will never thirst again. Now she's really confused. But she also knows she has a need. She knows that she needs to draw something. She doesn't know whether to draw from the physical well. She said, I got empty pots over here. I came out here for water. Or do I need to draw from this spiritual well? She says, but this is water and this is a well and this, this is where everybody else goes. But he's saying to her, it's not what it looks like. Then Jesus says this in verse 14. But whoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water. She had heard enough. She'd been convinced. She said, Give me of this water that I shall thirst not, neither come hither to draw. And Jesus saith unto her, Jesus, he says, go call thy husband and come hither. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus said unto her, thou hast well said, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands. And he whom thou now art with is not even your husband. And the woman said, uh, sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. She said, our fathers worshiped in this mountain and ye say that in Jerusalem is, is the place where men ought to worship. But Jesus said unto her, Believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what. Ye know, we know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. He said, but the hour has cometh. And now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And the woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah is cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Even though she's not a Jew, She's saying, I know the Messiah is coming. When the Messiah comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. And at that moment, a proper introduction was made. Jesus was saying, I don't just know the Messiah. I am the Messiah. I that speak unto thee am he. He is the Messiah. 
Understand that everything that she was needing was there. Everything that she'd been looking for was there. Everything that she had been searching for was sitting on the well. Everything that, that she was, uh, all the brokenness that she didn't know what to, how to deal with, all the failures and the pain, everything that she needed was sitting at the well that day when she had that encounter with him. Everything that day at a well changed for her. And to understand that, that when he spoke to her and told her everything about her, she said, you have to be him. You have to be this Messiah. That, that, that she had an encounter with Jesus. Understand that when you had an encounter with Jesus, everything you needed was in that moment. Everything you've been crying out for was there in that moment. Everything you've been looking for, everything you've been needing, Anybody, you, you've been raising this, you got generations. Generations have been in church. I want you to understand something this morning. He's more than your grandmother's God. He's more than your mother's God. He's more than some religious statue somewhere. He, he is more than some cross around your neck. He is more than what you thought he was. He is everything you'll ever need, everything you'll ever want, everything you'll ever seek for, everything you'll ever long for, everything you've been craving. His name is Jesus. He is the well that never runs dry. He's not caught up in who you are. He doesn't see everything else that everybody else sees. He looks past your failures. He looks past your shortcomings uh, and he looks at your potential. Hear me this morning. There was a tree for Zacchaeus. Uh, there was a well for the woman. Uh, but today I want to tell somebody uh, that he says I'm here uh, and there's an altar encounter for you today. There's something for you in this place. That same Jesus that same Jesus has the ability to mend your brokenness today, to remove your hurts today, to remove addictions today, to remove your pain. He is Jesus. He's not just an ordinary man I'm talking about, but he is God, the one who left his throne in heaven, robed himself in flesh and went to a cross, and he died for our sins to give us a chance at what? Salvation. To give us a chance at hope. To give us a chance at true love. To give us a chance at at freedom, to give us a chance at freedom of our mind and peace of our mind. He did all of that for you and for me. That's what I'm talking about. His name is Jesus. And just as he met Zacchaeus at a tree, just as he met that woman at the well, as you see that, I'll tell you, I don't know, I'm almost done, but maybe some of you in here, you've watched The Chosen. In this new season, I just saw just a four-minute clip the other day, and it's this scene right here. This scene, the woman at the well. And I was sitting in my office, and it popped up, and I sat in my chair with tears streaming down my face. Now, obviously, I know, like, this is not, this is not Jesus. But to have the visual of this broken down woman walking out with these water pots, trying to get out there in the heat of the day, having no idea that this man sitting on the, the well is about to change her life. And as I sat there and watched it, I, as he began to speak, it was like you were there. 
And you could see his tenderness and his love and his passion. You could see those words come to, to, to life that I, I, I'm here to save those who are lost. And you're lost. You don't even know it. I see your failures. You understand that today, that the God of heaven looks down and you think, oh, nobody else knows about this. Nobody else knows my mistakes. Nobody knows what I did last night, but I'm sitting in church this morning. God knows, and yet he is sitting right here saying, all you got to do is just give it to me. All you got to do is bring it to me. Why? Because I love you. He said, woman, you've had five husbands and the one you're with now is not even your man. He said, I know where you're at. I know what you're doing. Listen, God doesn't need to come down and call you out in front of people today. I'm not Brother Hernandez. The Kleindens, the Lord hasn't revealed unto me. I'm not going to call you out. But here's the reality is you know your failures, your brokenness, your pain. You know the stuff from the past that you're still carrying, that baggage that weighs you down every single day as this woman was coming to the well. That's what she was carrying. She wasn't carrying water pots. Physically, yes. But emotionally, she was carrying baggage. She was carrying failures. She was carrying bad decisions that she brought on herself. She was carrying sin. But she was walking towards the one who could take care of it all. Understand something. That there was a tree encounter for Zacchaeus. Changed his life. There was a well encounter that changed this woman. I told the, told the young people this morning downstairs, I said, you understand that this woman, this woman left, it was in the video, if you get a chance to watch it in The Chosen, it was, I loved this part, that she has the water drawn from the well. As she's talking, she's drawing water. She has the pots full of water. And when Jesus is speaking to her, and when she realizes who he is, and he says, woman, go sin no more. Go tell everybody about your encounter. She drops her water pots on the ground and takes off running, screaming, you've got to come meet this man. And the disciples are walking down the road toward her and they, they said, ma'am, 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 you dropped your water. You dropped your water. She completely ignored him. She said, you've got to go meet that man. She wasn't concerned about the things of this earth anymore. She said, I simply got, I had an encounter with Jesus and I got to go tell everybody about it. This same woman that was rejected and pushed away became an evangelist to go out and preach the gospel. To those who pushed her away, she was the mouthpiece of God to them. So don't think you're too far gone. Don't think God can't use me. God can't do something through me. Yes, he can. And all it takes is one simple encounter. One encounter. And just as he met Zacchaeus and the woman at the well, in the midst of her brokenness, in the midst of her hurt, in the midst of her pain, in the midst of her disappointments and her sin, that same God is in this place this morning. He is waiting on someone to simply come to him. 
He is waiting in this place to understand this morning the same God that says, I'll leave the 99 and go after the one. He, said, he left the 99 to me, Zacchaeus, at a tree. That whole group of people around him, he walked. Could you imagine as he's walking? They're like, hello, hey, hey, and he's just walking. He says, I got to get to him. I got to get to him. I must get to him. And he's, everyone else, he said, I got to leave this group over here, and I got to get to this one right here. The woman at the well, he says, go on, disciples. I've got business to do. I'm going to leave you over here because I've got an encounter I got to have today. Why? Because I love them and they're lost in their sin and their brokenness. He'll leave the 99. Today, as he left the 99 for Zacchaeus at a tree and the woman at a well, the Lord is here today in this place. He is here today and he is saying, There's no well present, there's no tree for you to climb into to get his attention. But he's saying there's an altar where I'm at, simply waiting, and I'll meet you where you're at today. To understand that you got up this morning, you made a decision to come to church. Just as that woman got up that day and she made a decision to go out and draw water. Jesus knew before she even got up that she was coming. He knew this morning that before you got up and made the decision to get up and come to church this morning and bring your family to church, he understood that you were coming. And this morning he said, I'm, I've been waiting for you. I've been waiting for your brokenness. I've been waiting for your failures. I've been waiting for that sin. I've been waiting for those mistakes. I've been waiting because what I have, what I have is a well that will never run dry for you today. I have the ability to say, go and sin no more. Go out and preach the gospel. Go out and win, win a soul. Go out and be made whole today. That's what Jesus has for everyone in this room. I want us just to lift our hands all over this place and close our eyes. God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you that you loved us enough, God. God, that you met us where we're at today. God, your spirit is here from the beginning of this service. God, your presence has been here so strong. God, and today, God, you know who's sitting in this room, Lord. It might be one individual. It might be one person, God, that need to hear this today. God, but I pray right now, Lord, that someone would respond to your word. God, that someone would come, Lord, to that well, Lord. God, that would come, Lord, and take that step and say, yes, I'm broken. Yes, I don't have it all together. My life doesn't look perfect. It doesn't look like everybody else. God, I bring you brokenness today and failures today, God. I bring you, God, God, things that I'm not, I'm not proud of, God, but I bring it to you today because only you, God, can make it right. Only you, God, can heal me of these things. 
Come on, these altars are open this morning. Everyone's eyes are closed. I want someone, if you, if you say, I don't want this anymore. I don't want to deal with this anymore. I want to leave change today. Come on, no one's going to look. No one's going to judge. Come on, I, I want somebody to step out this morning. Thank you. Thank you for coming out and saying, I want change. I want to have an encounter with God today. I want to have an encounter with God today. I want to have that, I want to have that well encounter today. I want to meet Jesus. God is here right where you're at. Right where you're at today. Come on. He gave Zacchaeus a tree. He gave the woman a well. But today he says, I give you an altar. I give you an altar of repentance. I give you an altar of salvation. I give you an altar to lay those things down. You don't have to carry it home with you anymore. You don't have to carry it home anymore. Come on, he gave the woman a well. But he gave you a cross. To understand that over 2,000 years ago, there was a cross that bared a well. He was a well that will never run dry. And he's saying today there are some people, you're spiritually parched. You've been sucked dry by the things of life. You're broken. You're weary. You don't know if you can make it another day. You don't know how you're going to do it. You don't see light at the end of the tunnel. You don't see hope. I'm telling you today, he's here. He's here. He's in these altars. He's in this house today. The God of heaven, the same one that sat on that well, is sitting here today saying, I am here for you. I've come to meet you where you're at. I've come to meet you where you're at. And today I will change your life forever. I left the 99 to come find you today. I'm looking for the broken. I'm looking for the weary.